and welcome to episode 83 of the MTG Complex Cast. My name is John, and I'm joined this week by my co-host, Chris. Hey. This week, we're going to be talking about rules changes to the companion mechanic and about where constructed magic is going moving forward now that we're uh, hopefully free from every deck being a companion deck in every format they're legal in. <laughs> uh, we're also slowly descending into madness as uh, Corona Quarantine continues. Um, but we've had our uh, weekly online paper modern FNMs. So we've got, uh, and, and some, uh, some moto play, I think, from both of us, right? So we can, we can get you up to date with that. <laughs> uh, Chris, you want to you wanna go first, as always, and then uh, get us up to speed on what you've been up to in, uh, in modern? And I think you put a little bit of legacy, too, right? Since we've last um, talked. Since we last talked, I believe so. So um, since we're it's the roundup, we're going to talk about um, era, a bygone, a soon-to-be-bygone era. <laughs> I guess yeah. technically it's already a bygone era, since the, yeah, today. the rules change has already gone into effect. But um, I played a whole bunch of stupid companion decks. So because of the online webcam Nephidim situation, and the fact that all stores are closed... Um, we decided to allow printed out proxies for our webcam magic because you can't go to stores to buy cards anyway. So who cares? There's no buy-in. There's, yeah. We had big shifts in the meta and the expectation that big shifts would be coming again not too long after. So it just made sense to do proxies. And what do you know? We're vindicated. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the past two weeks, I've been playing a companion deck. Um, not a Luris deck, not a Yorion deck. Wow. Not a Lutri deck. Wow. What could it be? Zerda deck. Wow. And not like cheating playing Kahira because you don't play a creature's companion deck. And also not generic Gigantha because it's a free splash companion deck. I played... An Umori the Collector deck. Oh, baby. For those of you who have already forgotten what this card does, because it's borderline the most unplayable companion, um, it's oh, a 4 mana 4 5, and it's black and green. Uh, its restriction is each non land card in your deck must share a card type. And when it comes into play, you choose a card type, and spells of the chosen type cost one generic less. <laughs> so what Such card type, card. you pray ask? Well, uh, the easy one, creatures. <laughs> it's a deck of all creatures. Just dudes. 33 Oops, of them, dudes. in fact. <laughs> oh. And uh, it's, a, it's a primeval titan deck. Of course. Shocker. <laughs> wow. Big surprise there. Never saw it coming. So I think John has the list up for you guys. Uh, yeah, I'll swap home. over here. <laughs> so I didn't make up the deck list. I found this. De- okay, I found this deck on the Amulet Discord of all places. Because <laughs> this is an Amulet deck. Because this is an Amulet deck. Because if you're playing Fields of the Dead and Primal Titan, it's an Amulet deck. And that's what this deck's playing. So uh, what do we got here in the creatures? Well, we have our normal suspects, our Boreal Grazers, you know. A little, bit of, a little bit of ramp. Good for your field decks. Uh, two Birds of Paradise. Originally, the list was playing two Noble Hierarchs. Uh, the guy said that 
Uh, Noble Heart Exalted was not necessary, and Bird was arguably better. I don't see any birds on your list. Am I blind? Uh, if you refresh it, it should be there. <laughs> uh, I know visual view can be slow to catch up sometimes on... Uh... Stride Arbor, Grazer, two birds, four Fiendarzen. Chris, I see no birds. You lied Do you see us. Noble Hierarchs? Nope. It's literally below Arboreal Grazer. Nope. <laughs> Did you send me that wrong version? Uh, no. It says May 19th. Submitted deck. I submitted it today. Do you have multiple decks just called Meme on T? <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. You're, you're looking at the different de wrong deck. You're looking at the Orion deck. We're talking oh. about the Umori deck. Did you link that as well for us? Previously, yeah. I'm blind. My bad. Sorry, everybody. Umori the Collector. Here we go. I'm just blind. All right, all right. Sorry, I, I just mix up all these different decks that you... <laughs> this is... This, this, this is much better. Continue. Right, so so Bird, much better than Noble Hierarch. Because um, Noble Hierarch only makes Bant colors. And if you keep going down the list, you'll notice it's playing a Kenrith the Returned King. Yeah. So uh, having access to Black Mana to reanimate your Primeval Titan is hot stuff. I tell you what. Noble Hierarch can't do that. And when you're a Field of the Dead deck, Exalted, who needs it? You don't attack alone. We played this FNM, and I think you played every single one of your one-ofs against me. <laughs> yeah, there's also one Thalia in this deck, which I just naturally had on turn two against uh, Alex Joe in the last round, and he was on Infect. That was pretty pretty nifty. <laughs> yeah, I think you like fiend artisan, and then I I had like snap bolt mana up or something, and I was like, sure, you have fiend artisan. It was like, cool. There's a Thalia in play now. I was like, ah. <laughs> oh yeah, I just like fiend uh, artisan. You know, one of those things where you activate it, and you're like, yeah, that's 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 fine, and the creature is just in play, kind of like the other file. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I have late. this, like, Volt Snap Volt ready to go. I'll just kill whatever you put into play. I put Thalia into play. No, Fuck. no, no. <laughs> I guess I'll do nothing and die. Yeah, Thalia um, kind of caught people with their pants down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's one more in the sideboard. Originally, it was playing two, but I swapped one out for a Gaddock Teague because I felt like this deck could never be Tron. And Galactique is pretty good against Tron. Uh, only O-Stone really slips through the cracks there. O-Stone. <laughs> That's but a big I, one to uh, slip through, though. But I never got paired against Tron, so who cares? Um, I did board in Galactique against um, Mike. He was playing Dredge. <laughs> no, no, no. No configurate here, sir. Oh, man. I wasn't actually relevant, but it seemed better than Thalia yeah. in the matchup. 
Uh, four it's wall blossoms. It, yeah, I guess. Pay three to loam. Ooh. Um, yeah, four wall blossoms in this deck. This deck was hilariously good against um, Infect between wall blossoms and uh, Arboreal Grazers. Just these big <laughs> butt idiot blockers. They're like, well, do I do I waste pump spells to to break through or do I just wait? And Grazer has reach, so uh, it's like, on- oh, Inkvod Nexus. Uh. He's on green. He's on green black, so he didn't have access to the uh, invisible stalker, right? Yeah, so all he had was Plague Stinger, which was blocked by Grazer. Oof. And so with the Thalia, it's like you can't even like, like you what you spend a, t- a turn to kill the Grazer, and then you have a big turn next turn. You you can't because there's a Thalia. So and those the green black versions typically run a little bit lighter on the um, the pump spells, right? I think the card that really impressed me the most out of the deck was Fiend Artisan when I played against you and watched you play some of your matches. Yeah, so Fiend Artisan, it's a new card. Um, two mana, one, one. It gets plus one, plus one for each creature in your graveyard. And you can pay X, green, black, tap, sack another creature, search your library for a creature mana cost X or less, put it into the battlefield, then shuffle your library, activate only as a sorcery. So it's like kind of birthing pod and that you have to sacrifice something but kind of green sun zenith because you you get a creature that's x or less it just gets huge <laughs> it gets huge like goif but it actually like does stuff in a board stall unlike goif like yeah so it incidentally gets pretty big just because you're playing sakura tribe elders which sacrifice themselves and your garbage like you know uh, Arboreal Grazer chump blocking something or Wall of Blossoms, uh, Wall of Blossoms or, whatever. or whatever. And they're just good fodder to feed to it, too. Uh, and it's like, you have to sacrifice another creature. So uh, it's like, if you have no creatures other than the Fiendars and it doesn't do anything, right? Well, you're playing a Dryad Arbor, so you could just fetch for a Dryad Arbor and then immediately just eat it for <sighs> something better. So what I did a couple times was I would sack something, go get a Renegade Valier, and get back something else so i am only playing only playing one scavenger use in the sideboard which was um pretty important against like uh the the uro deck and i was able to i think it was against cycle or niv and i really wanted to like fend off earls and stuff like that and just being able to oh no i don't think it was niv I think it was a Mystic Sanctuary Euro deck of some sort. Anyway, um, I only had one Skoos, so they killed my Skoos, but I was able to recur with sacking a dude to get a Renegade Valor to get it back to rebuy my Skoos. And the Skoos never let die again, and it was really important to, to me winning the game. Yeah, it really increases your access to all these, like, fun of cards. <laughs> Not even fun of, it's like Silver Bullets, really. Like, Yeah, and yeah. because it's like an ability, you can't counter it. So if you're playing against you know, uh, a control deck and they don't, they haven't pathed your feed darns in any shitter you play is going to turn into something more threatening. Yeah. And so it gets to the point where if I have another creature in six mana, I can just make a primeval Titan whenever I want. But then Bellower also is just kind of gross too. <laughs> you can like Bellower into Rallier and start doing kind of like these like weird, uh, chains like value chains. Yeah. So Bellower is really adorable 
because it can get um, almost any creature in the deck other than Primeval Titan and Thalia and Ketrith, I guess. Um, it gets Thalia, right? Oh, no, it's only it's only I'm green. Sorry. It's only non-legendary green creature. Oh, I see. I see. So you can go get Wild Blossoms to draw a card if you want, although that's among the least exciting things you can do with your Woodland Belor. Um, if you have Revolt, getting Rillingate Valor is usually pretty good. Um, but you can even just get Dried of the Elysian Grove and turn on your Valakuts or something. Or if you already have a Dried and Valakuts in play, you can go get Dried Arbor to make a land to trigger your Valakuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or Field of the Dead or whatever. Um... You can do yeah. like weird Always shit with like kitchen finks in this deck too, with like fiend artists and kitchen finks. Jeez. Yeah, kitchen finks another like anti aggro bullet card. I guess you can't rally her back at least, so you can't like start going off. <laughs> and then the sideboard is all creatures too, because it has gotta, to be. You gotta play that Umori style, right? Um, so your typical suspects like Collector Oof, um, another Thalia, even Mind Sensor. A lot of rhetoric's pretty sweet. The Finks are good against the Loris Burn decks, I'm sure, and Scoos. You get a pretty good board against them. Um, and then Tarnas well, Tracker is insane against, you know, the fair decks. One, two, three, four, five. You have, like, what, five life gain cards in the board? Yeah, with Knight of Autumn in there, too. Yeah, wow, you have, like, five, yeah, pretty decent life gain cards in your sideboard. That's really good against Burn, wow. And you're playing eight walls, I mean. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't actually end up playing against any of the aggressive red Luris decks, but... I don't I want to run it. Rhetoric is actually very good against Burn, I feel like. Because, <laughs> like, um, they can't get through it with their creatures. <laughs> yeah, I. it's probably a lot better against the Prowess versions than yeah. regular Burn. Oh, definitely. Uh, but this deck does seem like an absolute dog to something like Atmosium. <laughs> oh. Or Storm, or, like, you know, any sort of spell fast combo deck yeah this deck just kind of gets shit on yeah you just don't have enough access to your your thalias you can get lucky but yeah i was kind of surprised to beat in fact game one um but it was off the back of the turn two thalia basically which i just <laughs> happened to have so it was like turn one grazer turn two thalia which is pretty as good as it's gonna get game one it's pretty good <laughs> and then you just like turn up the aggro pretty quick from there right like the turn i needed and I was still about to lose because, you know, Grazer can't block forever. Uh, and I top decked a Dried and I was able to kill him with a Valka that turn. Yeah, we went to turns and you killed me on what, turn five of turns or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, I was like playing for the draw or something. It was like, <laughs> like, Dried. <laughs> dried two Valakuts just blows people up. I mean, this is like not new news, but yeah, and it's it's even grosser because you can like tap your fetch lands for mana in the meantime and just hold oh, them God. until you have Valakuts, and then you just like oh, like I had this fetch land I've been saving, and then I play my Titan get two Valakuts, and I play two fetch lands <laughs> for the turn, and then crack them all. Like, it's a surprise surviving. that will help us later. <laughs> And it's like, in those situations, you're like, oh, well, if I just remove the dry, then the Valakuts fizzle. Like, okay, crack a fetch. Kill your guy. In response, crack my other two fetches. You die anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't need all of the triggers. <laughs> yeah. yeah Dryad is, is Dryad's gross, man. Dryad is really gross. I really wanted to do dumb things with Kenrith the whole, both two weeks. I only had one game where Kenrith was, like, doing something. 
because typically he would just get you know removed immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was against Feikler Niv, uh, Gigantha Niv, and it was relevant because Gigantha Niv can't play Supreme Verdict. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, he's just gonna like wipe me and then play a second Niv, and I'm just gonna fucking lose. But he brings to light X5 for abrupt decay. Killing like a fiend artisan is like, okay, yeah, that that ain't it. <laughs> that ain't and, like, it didn't dawn on me until like sideboarding, like, oh wait, he, yeah, he can't actually supreme verdict me. We had a Yorion five color to Mizzet deck, and we had a Gigantha five color to Mizzet deck uh at FNM. It's interesting. It's also we like our last FNM before this, we went from I'm trying to see if I have my I don't have my list here anymore. Uh, or do I? Let's see. Yeah, one sec. So we went from we had one let's see, so we had like eleven people, I think both times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. We had fourteen, then we had eleven the next week. So we had a little bit of a drop. But um we had one, two, three, four, five. We had five out of fourteen companion decks on the twenty first. And then on the 29th, out of 11 people, there were was one person not playing a companion, and that was someone on Dredge. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot more Luris. <laughs> yeah. It was just really funny. Like, the five-color Niv slapping me for six versus a Kenrith pay six mana, gain ten life. <clears throat> Like, I was getting life faster than the Niv could hit me, and it's like, wait a minute. Does that mean I just don't attack? But then if I don't attack, he just puts counters on his other creatures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this, this deck was a fun pile, but it did feel like a pretty clunky pile sometimes. You went, you got first at our FNM of 11 people, and I went the week. Did you play it the week before as well? Yeah, I went 3 and 1 the week before. So, play the exact same seventy five both pretty weeks. solid. Um, yeah, I mean, nope, didn't play against any bad matchups, like particularly bad matchups. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, online, <laughs> online, I've also been playing stupid companion decks. Um, one of which was elves. Oh, we can talk about elves now. Okay, I think I I talked about elves a little bit beforehand, but. I don't remember if I talked about my league or not. Uh, so I, I played one Legacy League ever so far with <laughs> Elves with a Lurus in my sideboard that was not my companion in my game ones. <laughs> and I went 4-1 and one somehow. I ended up losing to... In my, my last round, round 5. Always feels bad. Lost to Storm, as you do playing Elves. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I managed to beat the Gyruda deck somehow. It decided to shit on itself enough for me to win. So that was cool. Uh, and I did get to board into a Lurus deck uh, a number of occasions. <laughs> and it was kind of kind of sweet. Yeah, it seems kind of sweet. And elves especially. Because <clears throat> the interesting thing is the, the deck's now playing Elvish um, Rejuvenators. Oh, sorry, Reclaimers. Elvish Reclaimers instead of Mana Dorks. Both of those cards are very good. I've been really... Imp- Both of those cards, just as a quick aside, really kind of sailed under my radar. 
and they're just both really good <laughs> like rejuvenators or rejuvenator has been good in like pioneer and then in your strange modern jank decks but just good in pioneer and then reclaimer has been just really good in legacy and these like turbo decks like these turbo depths decks yeah it's like an uncounterable crop rotation for two mana puts land to play tap which is like a huge cost <laughs> compared yeah. to crop rotation but yeah. um so the elf deck is playing four of these guys and against like the the delver decks that are playing Luris, you would just board out all your natural orders and all that shit and all your just creator hoofs and everything and just be a Luris deck so you board in like some removal some abrupt decays and you just have a Luris now and so the game becomes like they try and kill your shit and you just keep replaying these stupid three four <laughs> elvish you know elves from the graveyard and they're like, oh man, like this is hell of annoying. And the elf can make a Pajuka Bog to exile their yard to cut them off of their Luris. Or it always guarantees you getting a guy's cradle. Or um if it's relevant, you can even get a Caracas and like bounce your Luris. It's really interesting to me because like, you know, I, I've been kind of taking a sideline on legacy for a while during all these shenanigans. But like when I when elves used to be like bigger when I was playing like Grixis Delver when Grixis Delver was like the deck to beat the elves matchup was always like you know you still I think you still back then were citing out like some number of natural orders after board right like generally yeah, some of them usually. were coming out because it's like you know, it's really bad if it gets dazed especially right like or, or if you like, usually you can make enough surplus mana it's not really a big deal but just getting it forced but there's like always the fear on the Delver side that like you would like, overcommit to like a really removal heavy hand or you'd brainstorm and keep a bunch of removal and you'd like you know like, oh I don't need this like you know counter magic and you just get fucking slapped by by the um <laughs> by nat order by nat order off the top <laughs> or whatever and it was like always just like this little fear like in the back of your mind and like I was like man like on one hand, I'm sure it's like really annoying to play against Loris out of elves, but on the other hand, it would be just like such a relief to not have to worry about getting that ordered out of nowhere. That's true. But at the same time, um, back in the Deathrite Shaman era, well, I guess you could still leave it in, right? Well, yeah, I guess but you can't you're order into anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so you take yeah, so that's fine. So yeah, never mind. That's right. Like just not order into. So you, yeah, you're not worried. Elvish about it. visionary. Ooh. Yeah. So yeah, you're just not worried <laughs> about it. You should. You should. You gotta. You gotta set in true name nemesis. You just, oh, it has to be a green creature, right? Damn. Yeah. Damn. That would be spooky, though. <laughs> that order for true name? Like, why? <laughs> also, a very important oh, thing for... doesn't work with either. I'm dumb. Ignore me. For, um, Elvish, for Elvish Reclaimer, um, it survives Plague Engineer, even if it's not buffed. Huh. So, I won a game against Plague Engineer. I only saw Plague Engineer one time. That's and it was coming card. out of like a snow deck. Yeah, not a Luris deck. Probably Actually, no, no, no. Deck, sorry, right? sorry. I think it was like a a D&T style deck. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Like a black-white Eldrazi Taxes deck in Legacy. And he Plague Engineers me and my, my board was like I don't know, Korean Ranger or something, Nettles, um, not Nettles, Nettles, Dried Arbor, and uh, Wirewood Symbiote. So he plays this Plague Engineer, and I only lose one of my three creatures. It's like, <laughs> huh, that ain't so bad. At least it's and like a Death Toucher. I, I like guess. play a Reclaimer, and 
I just like not order the reclaimer into a hoof and I have like two other creatures that just attack him and he dies. I'm like, eh? Nat order into hoof is just such a beating. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> and so I'm playing like Hello Newton's list, uh, who won like the legacy challenge or whatever to queue for the PT. Mm-hmm. And so he's playing a Savannah and a Archon of Valor's Reach instead of the second crater hoof. Card's sweet. This card's pretty sick. Um, <laughs> I've gotten slapped by it on a number of occasions. <clears throat> I it didn't end up being super relevant most of the time. Uh, I did I did get to use it as a as a bait spell. I love being able to play six amount of cards as bait spells. It's so ridiculous. So <laughs> like oh man like I I drew my crater hoof. I don't want them to counter because <clears throat> it's my only crater hoof. I know I'll just cast this archon first. <laughs> and if they counter it, then they don't have a counter for my hoof. And if they don't counter, I just need instant and they can't counter my hoof anyway. <laughs> and they didn't have a counter and then so it just resolves. I'm like, okay, here's a hoof now and you die. It's like the ultimate bait spell. <laughs> and it's like, what else can happen? Like, they can't even stifle your, your hoof trigger because that's an instant. They just can't do anything. It's like, here's an Archon, you die now. Uh, they could sulfur elemental you. <laughs> that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It's only like on a white nimble shit. obstructionist to me, I guess. Yeah. There's but, no um, green equivalent of sulfur elemental, huh? It's only white stuff. I remember bringing that in against death and taxes a lot back in the day. Yeah, I think I think obstructionist is the only like played card that would would really get me. I mean, I guess you could play like holy day or some shit. Is it static caster? <laughs> Cross your fingers. That wouldn't even be that good. Like, no. if I'm hoofing you, you're probably just dead anyway. Which one was the one that untaps? I mean, it's not instant speed, but isn't there, like, a pinger that... Un- is it Goblin, Goblin Sharpshooter that, like, untaps when you ping something and it dies? I think when something dies, it untaps. Yeah. That's, like... That, that card must have been fucking terrifying for else back in the day. <laughs> Four mana win the game, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, now Anyways. that now that uh, Luris has been banned in Legacy, um, bye bye Luris. So I was like, man, what are we supposed to play instead of Luris to beat like these stupid Delver decks and shit? And apparently the answer is a Boseji. <laughs> That's you right. Just, you were telling me about this. You just don't board your natural orders out. You just leave them in, and you just Boseji with your natural order. That card was really spooky out of uh, Sneak and Show back in the day. Like that was problematic. <laughs> Cause like, and uh, because it's a land, you can get it with your reclaimer. Uh, so you just tutor up your stupid Besaju, and you gross. can board in your progenitus now because you, you're playing natural still. And just like, here's a progenitus Delver. Like, what are you gonna do about it? At least they can show to like draw into it or brainstorm into it. You can just search it up. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> so, but elves very not fun deck to play when your connection's a little slow. Utilizing Heritage Druid is um, not not the hottest. Also, learning how to use um, a Wirewood Symbiote. <laughs> click it. Is the next click the one I untap or the one that I bounce? Better read. Better be careful mm. on that one. <laughs> it's it's untap for those of you who don't, don't know. It's choose target, then pay cost. Ah. 
And lastly, I've been playing uh, a bunch of my stupid meme pile deck, which I think John had shown earlier. Oh uh, yes, let me <clears throat> let me go back to the the view so people can see the meme deck, which I didn't even realize this was an eighty card deck. <laughs> yeah, so I had played Amulet Yurion previously, just like for shits and giggles, and kind of knew the deck was really bad. Wood elves. <laughs> and so after playing the deck a little bit more, I realized the deck is actually just really fucking bad. <laughs> so I was like, but I still want to play a stupid Yorion deck because that's what you do in free rooms, right? You play oh, yeah. stupid companion decks because you can. Sometimes you take them through leagues. Yeah. If more on that later. If you're braver than I. Um, so yeah, I, I put together this Yorion Field of the Dead deck. <laughs> See a recurring theme in decks I've been playing recently. Yeah, you have a, a <clears throat> sick fascination with Primeval Titan plus Field of the Dead. And Valka. You just get to play it all now. Yeah, it turns out it's just really good. Um, so I, I I wanted to play a stupid Primeval Titan deck with a Yorion, but I needed to maximize my Yorion value, which meant no more Amulet, no more Azusa. <laughs> We need more ETBs. So we got we got four Grazers, four Coiling Oracles, Dryad, not ETB, uh, four Elvish Rejuvenators, one Nissa Vastwood Seer. A Wood Elves. A Wood Elves. A Talus Tracker, no ETBs there, but he, you know, benefits from all the lands. Shoot. And two Golos. Tireless Pogrom. And way at the bottom for some reason. I don't know why it's sorted like this. And four Titans, obviously. Four Titans. It's like Golos at the very end, after Wooded Foothills. So the adorable thing about Golos is um, if you activate it, you get to play the top three cards. So if you hit a lands, you can still play the lands. So it's like, oh man, hitting lands so bad. Is it though? (laughs) It's like you can make three zombies. (laughs) You can make six zombies. And if you have a Dryden in play, you can play multiple lands if you hit multiple lands. Um, and then spells, four packs, four explorers, one finale of devastation. Yeah, well, just one? All you need. All you need. You know, it. it's a bad ramp spell, or an expensive titan, or it's it's a win con if you go long enough. Yeah, it X is. is 10, it, it kills him dead. And then we have uh, eight enchantments to combo with our Yorion here. We have four Oath of Nissa, four Abundant Growth. Abundant Growth, man. So if you... I, I won't go through the land base in, in super detail here, but all you really need to know is I'm playing two Triomes, <laughs> both of the blue-green X Triomes. Because the Bog and the Rug one. Yeah, because they're forests, which you can get off of Wood Elves. <laughs> and they don't have the same names as each other. Yeah. Which is key. <laughs> also, being islands, they uh, make your Castle Vantress come into play untapped. Ooh. And your Garen Breaks, because they're also forests. It's hot. Um, one Cavern of Souls, because why not? <laughs> um, two Valakuts here, two Tory West, and two um, two Growth Chambers you to you know, you pick up your T West. You can fit a Waterlogged Grove in here. Oh uh, yeah, I originally this was a Temple of Mystery, 
but I no, decided no, no. I wanted more untapped mana on turn one for grazers and shit. Oh, yeah. So, and I figured drawing a card would be better later in the game than scrying one Anyways, early. yeah. Um, so, hence the change. And then up smattering of random green fetch lands. Um, only for Misty Rainforests, because we actually play basic forests and basic islands in this deck. And one Botanical Sanctum, because it's a blue-green land that doesn't share a name with anything else. Where's your snow-covered forest? It's in there somewhere. Oh, there's two of each. There's two there. of them, yeah. I just sorted very oddly on here. Oh, and one Vesuva. I, I did have a game where I did play Vesuva copying nothing. <laughs> the classic. On, on, like, turn three, off of my Dryad, because I can tap it for any color of mana. Did you flicker it with Yorion? Oh, this doesn't work, right? You I can't stick with the land. Yeah. So I... I played Vesuva, copy nothing, tap it for green with dried, and enchanted oh. with abundant growth. <laughs> I was like, how are we enabling this? Wow. So we have two layers of, of color producing protection here. Wow. And then later on, I can just bounce it with um, a bounce land to reset it as something else if I want to anyway. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah, this is a deck. Um, the sideboard, geez, where do I start? Um... There's three Ashrock in my sideboard. Okay, what the hell, man? So the thing is, the Yorion decks are like, you know, they're 80 cards. So drawing your sideboard cards is like not as likely. No. So you kind of have to try and consolidate cards. So Ashrock's like my pseudo answer to other Titan decks plus kind of shitty Grave Hate card. Yeah. Um, I figured that most of the graveyard decks that I would be worried about um, are more incidental graveyard decks, like Mystic Sanctuary decks or Uro decks. Mm -hmm. I'm not particularly terrified of dredge-like decks, um, because A, I have a lot of shitters to block with, and I'm still a Primeval Titan Bajookabog deck, which is insane. <laughs> against yeah. uh, dredge decks you also have field of the dead to uh, go toe to toe on flooding the yeah, board to gum up the, the board and then some smattering of um... no Arkamiba does not get through our boreal grace <laughs> no neither does blood ghast <laughs> uh, this deck's been a lot of fun um, it's it's a deck that's all I can say. It's a deck. It's a deck. Sometimes you play turn one like forest, grazer, put a bounce into play, pick up the forest, and they're just like, wait, I know this one. <laughs> and you want to tap and play wood elves, and they're like, oh, wait, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah, wood elves, man. But getting to play three Field of the Dead in the same deck feels good again it's like um you have four back in the day the with oh you with, have a field of ruin my bad one field of ruin <laughs> yeah one field of ruin four fields not all of the dead back in the day when uh bantfield was a, was a pioneer deck mm -hmm. it, it kind of brings me back to those days because you're playing you know rejuvenators and that's yeah i was just gonna say it's where i got my respect for elvish stuff. rejuvenator from <laughs> and quilling oracle man what a card elf snake or snake elf druid three creature types actually a lot of elves in this deck. <laughs> Are they? Because Nissa is an elf. <laughs> yeah. You get what? Eight elves? Nine elves. 
Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure the finale is wrong and the finale should just be like a second tracker or something, but. And Olanissa depicts an elf on it, so you've got even more elves. This deck is a, a hoot. Castle of Antris was actually surprisingly good. I believe that. The card's powerful. Upkeep Skarai too. Sure. Why not? Anyway, uh, what, what have you been playing recently, John? Well, I played uh, I played the Miracles deck. I don't remember if we talked about this last time. I scored a, a 5-0 my first league with the Kahira Miracles deck that uh, Aspiring Spike qualified for the PT with. It's sweet. Finally, a critical mass of enablers for counterbalance in Modern uh, with Mystic Sanctuary and uh omen of the sea which man omen of the sea is a fun card it's pretty it's instant speed preordained but it's got you know some back end on it so you don't feel quite as bad paying two mana for it also it's an instant which is nice so uh omen of the sea is pretty cool uh despite its lack of synergy with snapcaster but you don't have to worry about that in the kahira version because no snapcaster is here and they just do yeah, what gross no, you just don't play snapcaster gross gross things with um with the um counterbalance because you can you know scry on two separate occasions you can also sanctuary with counterbalance is really dumb it's really gross and you can do weird stuff with omen of the sea where you can play it and with the trigger on the stack um you uh you you sack it so then you scry two then you scry two and draw a card so you can like dig you know up to five deep if you really are you really looking for something you know like i really need to hit terminus here you get to look at five fucking cards for five mana. Not the but worst. But then once you do hit Terminus, you, you can just Terminus every single turn you keep drawing Vetchlands. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty hot. <laughs> also, also counterbalance revealing Terminus counters Primeval Titan. Yeah, it does. Which I've had happen to me, and it's like, why? Why is this a thing? And treat the angels as a three as well, which is nice because there's a lot of three drops. You know, counters Luris. <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking slap. Get your Luris out of here. By the way, going to my turn, angels go. <laughs> oh, you're dead. <laughs> um, but that was fun. But we've been playing something sweeter. So last week was my birthday and I was like, what am I going to do on my birthday? Like, I can't like, you know, get together for anybody. And I was like, I want to like do something with the people I know. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like get on discord and like stream moto. I was like, what am I going to do for streaming moto? And the night before I'd been talking with, uh, swans, Kevin about swans. I was like, what if we make a, a Yorion swans deck? And we were like spitballing some ideas. We're like, well, should it be Jeskai? Should it be Rug? You know, four color. So I like spat out a, a, a freaking Rug Yorion Swans list. And I was streaming it to a few people. And we were playing yeah, it in the you free You shot room. one off to me. And was I was like, you shot a, a, a list a to list. me. And I was like, this deck needs more abundant growth. <laughs> yeah, everyone was like, more abundant growth. I was like, fine, fine. So we played it in the the free room a little bit, and we you know we got some 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 abundant groves going, and we're like, you know what? It's league time. We're gonna run this bad boy through a league, and we like promptly just lose the first round, and um, it was against this like just 
I thought it was in smallpox, but we uh, we were talking about. It. I actually misremembered. It was that was in the free room. We lost to this smallpox deck, but we actually lost to this super oppressive feeling Luris deck. It was um, it was like a white weenie Luris deck that used. It was like it was like you know playing Thalia. It was playing selfless spirit main deck. It had uh, the one mana Gideon. It had um, the uh, Adanto Fort or what. The the one that makes a token and then flips when you attack with three things and becomes a land that spits out one ones. Adanto the first fort or something or it was played oh. like standard white aggro for a while. It's like the white um Isn't it like something Legion? Legion's landing. Yeah, Legion's, Legion's landing. landing. Yeah. yeah. Spring all that. So that like, you know, the aggro package. But then it was it was looping Hope of Gurupur with Luris. Oh, and so the deck just locks you out from casting any spells, <laughs> except for on their turn. Like any not was it non-creature spells or whatever? Yeah. And it was miserable to play against. <laughs> it was is awful because they just had they had selfless spirit. They had the new mother of runes, um, uh, giver of so giver of runes, selfless spirit. And so they would just get like you know a few guys down to like kind of like death and taxes style gum up the board, and they would just like slam Luris and just start recurring hope of Garapers every turn, and it was just impossible to deal with. <laughs> it's fucking awful, dude. This would be like you know they'd like they'd like attack of hope of Garapers, sack it. You don't get to cast stuff until their next turn. So on your turn, nothing. Um, so you pass back to them, and then now you're in a spot where their giver of runes is untapped. They have selfless spirit. And so what do you do? Like they attack a pup of Garapur, okay? You know, you know, just kill it with like a, a bolt or something? Well, they have like two ways to protect it. And then so it's like, oh, okay, like, you know, like you you like you like, you know, kill it or whatever. So they just like they just like can take a turn off and like replay, you know, replay like selfless spirit or whatever if you kill that or it's gross, man. <laughs> it's really gross. I got locked out so hard. But we rallied back from there. And I guess I should share the deck. Um, we rallied back from there and we rattled off four wins in a row. And we actually played against um, a streamer twice, the same streamer, Everos. And so he was playing um, Grixis Hollow one. And I think he, I went back and watched the replays. So we played against him, we beat him. And then he like finished, we both had a round after that. I was still doing my league because that was, I think, my second round. He that was he that was his second to last, so it was his fourth round. He did his fifth round while I did my third round, and then he re-queued up another deck and hit me again <laughs> on a different deck. And he was on Jeskai Dragons. <laughs> so he played it. He didn't realize that I was it was the same person. And so I'll go into the deck a little bit now. So it's it's a Swans deck for people that don't know how that works. I don't know how you wouldn't. Yes, yeah, this, this, this podcast like if you've been here you know what we're about here but it's rug you know so we got ice fang Kotal. uh we got abundant growth because we're a yorian deck we need to thin and then we got horned's nest is our our uh our extra um swans uh our targets for scred and our bolts uh because we're a bigger deck we need you know more things to turn on our synergies with the screds and the bolts and our magmatic sinkhole or we were playing harvest pyre for a while too um, and it's also just like really good against all these like burn decks floating around now, all these Lyris burn decks, right? Because like what like what are you gonna what do they do against a hornet nest? 
Like, what, bolt it? No. Yeah, like, oh, attack into it? Like, sure. Like, it just makes two death-touching bees if they're, like, their goblin guide. Like, they, like, you know, flip a card, we maybe get a land, and then you always have two 1-1 one, one death-touchers. Like, sure. Awesome. Um, And so, Everos was on uh, the Grixis um, Hollow One deck, and we like i'm trying to remember how how the games went but uh yeah how does hollow one stack up against horn's nest so he scooped game two to a horn's nest <laughs> so he thought we had um boarded it in i guess i popped into his chat afterwards and i was like oh hey like it's a me your opponent and i was like he didn't he didn't like see very much of what we were doing right and so i sent him the deck list and he was like, you know, I guess like he doesn't like companion very much. So he was like grumbling about companion and Yorion decks. And he's like, this is what you were playing? Like, he's like, I thought you cited in Hornet Nest. And he's like, no, that shit's <laughs> no, main no, no. fucking deck, man. Main deck Hornet Nest. We're a Swans deck. And like, you just see his mind like unraveling slightly as he looked at the deck list. <laughs> and so he cues into us again and doesn't realize it's us until we play a hornet's nest at some point in game one and you can just see him like pause like it, it just like freezes and like, you can just see the gears like start to turn as he starts to piece together the cards that we've been playing and he's like he's like is someone else playing this deck and so he starts typing and he's like did this, he types to me and he's like did this deck like 5-0 or something he's like i put against this earlier i was like no, like I'm the same person you played against me earlier. <laughs> and at this point, he just has my deck list because I shift it to him, like you know, an hour and a half ago, after we played the first time. So he just has you know perfect information now. And he's like, you know, so he, he he's playing Just Guy Dragons though. Like I know Just Guy Dragons. Like we, that's another yeah, shitty we've deck. We've been there. We've been there. And he's and so the new Just Guy Dragons deck plays fairy dragon or whatever sprite dragon sprite dragon yeah which i've also been playing a bunch of sprite dragon and like grixis delver so i know how the play patterns with that card go so i'm like in this bizarro world unique position where i'm playing this weird fucking rogue deck where this guy has no clue what i'm like how the play patterns work but i do because i played a bunch of swans and i also know all the play patterns for his deck because i've played just guy dragons and dragons decks like what are the fucking odds that like i would know know this matchup that well right like it's like the it's infinitesimally small odds <laughs> and so i'm like oh like this matchup is just all about sprite dragon like that's the only card that fucking matters in the matchup because like ojitai is five mana it's like impossible to resolve like into like you know this remand force of negation deck like yeah good fucking luck resolving your ojitai like you're gonna have ojitai plus two counter spells up like no way it's like nine mana minimum yeah so if he's and then next turn you have to protect it from a scred yeah like impossible or just getting blocked by an ice fang codal which doesn't get countered by force of negation um yeah and he didn't have paths main deck so he had no clean way to deal with a hornet nest <laughs> or a swans and so he just gets rolled he's like bitching about how he got paired against B guy again i'm like i'm B guy now <laughs> it's like and not the bees not the bees <laughs> yeah like wicker man intensifies so we go into the second round and i like made a few misplays unfortunately i like um when you're playing off a bunch of fucking abundant growths and astrolabes you can sometimes lose track of how many islands you have and i like cracked a fat uh, fetch and got like a tapped mystic sanctuary i only had two in the deck at that point 
And so my other one was in hand. Then like two fetches. So I crack one fetch and just get a tap sanctuary. And I'm like, oh, like I can't even like reroll on that because I have the. Th- it's the third island now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I only had two in the deck, so I couldn't even dial up another to still do because I still had the mana to do the play I wanted, but I just didn't have access to the sanctuary anymore because the second one was just happened to be in my fucking hand. So we went up to three Mystic Sanctuaries after after that league. Um, but like I made a few plays like that, and then like I uh, I blocked a f- uh, I attacked into a five five Sprite Dragon with a four five Yorion because I like forgot that it had grown, and like it just didn't matter. Like Swan's decks just roll people on card advantage, and so eventually we get into a place where I just like resolve a, a Hornet Nest, and then we like I like pick a fight with like a magmatic sinkhole or something in his upkeep and he's like oh fight back fight back and it's like uh end of all that uh in response to the whole stack scred it with like seven snowlands in play and he just scoops it's <laughs> like fucking bees man so he's like you can tell he's just like tilting off and he's just like talking to his chat and he's like uh, he's like i'm going i'm going to the bathroom and he's like stop giving me bee guy <laughs> <laughs> So if you check out his vods from the 28th of God, may you can catch it it's like i think like one's like 58 minutes into his stream and the other is like i don't know like another like what two hours after that or something hour and a half after that good job b guy i'm b guy now i've renamed myself to uh stop giving me b guy in our magic chat <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah hornet's is great man and like it's kind of funny because the swan so the issue with swans was always like fitting everything in especially with like it used to be a blue red deck right but the rug deck you have like now you want to cram like these ice fangs in you want to cram these hornet nests in um it's like how do you find fucking space for all this shit just play any cards like oh all my ratios work out so much better now it's great um it's like play- and between abundant growth and astrolabe you fix your shitty mana issues right oh yeah like your mana is great like no like that's why i got so bamboozled by the mystic sanctuary because the mana was just perfect the mana was just perfect like had like no mana problems it was just amazing it was great like three color these days it's like you play four color easily these days now like three color pfft, get out of here like nothing um and i like really liked playing the one of uh ketria tram um it was just like really nice to like you know on like turn one of this deck a lot of times you do not you know you maybe you like hold a bolt or like a, a stem denial and try to get someone and then like they don't do anything you just fucking get your tri land tapped it cycles if you draw it late which is nice um you just play some omen of the seas which i was really impressed with omen of the seas quite good um and so you get to play all these like you get to play all these 2019 magic cards man all these 2019 2020 magic cards like you got you got vista you got the triumph you got sanctuary you got omen you got archmage's charm um you got force of negation you get ice fang Kotal, like sinkhole is like astrolabe like the deck is just all new cards it's so weird like the core concept of the deck is like you know quite old but like it just an absurd amount of 2019 2020 cards which is just crazy uh veil of summer in the board fluster storm is legal now fluster storm is feeling really good in all these fair matchups online and everyone's playing like yorion and Luris. like fluster storm was quite good i was pretty happy with that card uh and then we get to swap out our batter school we've been playing forever in swans for a thrag tusk with yorion <laughs> good old swag daddy yeah i like, get that restoration angel out of here man we're just gonna flicker that bad boy with, with yorion it's like disgusting like you're like i'll flicker this caudal this astrolabe this abundant growth this omen of the sea ah, my thrag tusk too so we get a beast we gain five fucking life like easy peasy 
gross. Uh, I too have had some gross Yorion turns. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, Yorion, go ahead and bounce this Grazer, Coiling Oracle, uh, Wood Elves, and a Primeval Titan. <laughs> oh, and an Oath of Nyssa for good measure. Yeah. Blech. Uh, so then I played it at FNM uh, last week, and uh, it did pretty well. I got slapped by Chris, though. Oh my god. Just just absolutely slapped by Chris. We played both weeks, right? You were playing Miracles yeah. the first week. My deck just I, failed to function the first time when I was on Miracles. Like, Yeah, I don't know what happened. You just like... Just, like the deck, I just didn't draw like functional hands. Like The deck just was magic cards on the table. I don't know. It was bad. It was really bad. It's like some cantrips and die. Yeah, yeah. And then this week it was just like I interacted, but like the uh, fiend or whatever was just insane. It was just oh, Dahlia bamboozled you too. Yeah, I think it's so hard is, to kill um, with the red removal. Like <laughs> it just grew out of the range of the red removal really quickly, and then it was like also like a must answer. I did. You did get a game off the back of some bees. Yeah, the bees are really good. And a swan, because, like, swan hits for four. Like, it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. So I think you, like, made six bees or something, and you're like, oh, ten you? It was like, ten. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. That's a lot of damage. And you can, like, attack in and then play Yorion and Flicker the Swan, so you still have it back to block. You just have, like, eight power blocking now. <laughs> yeah, but I think one of the games, you drew, like, all four screds. Yeah. But... I had there were times where like Fiendarzen was bigger than Scred. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's like a long period where you had Fiendarzen on like six, and I had a Magnetic Sinkhole. <laughs> this is like cool. <laughs> this is yeah. awesome. And I like Fiendarzen sack like Dryad Arbor to go get Renegade Valor to rebuy the, the other Fiendarzen that you'd killed. So I'm just like looping these Fiendarzens, and you're just like spending all your time trying to kill them because they're huge. Yeah. They're just like huge at the same time, just, making like, sure I can't resolve our primeval titan. Yeah, yeah, it was it was just like it was completely hopeless. Yeah, there's just never. In retrospect, I should have just like used Venus to make a primeval titan. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like I was like so like wrapped up in oh I can get Renegade Valor to get back Venus and like that seems pretty. Yeah, sweet. I just dunk on him with value. I'll beat him in his own game. And then afterwards, I was like, wait a minute, I can just put a primeval titan to play. Yeah. Oops. Uh, so yeah, so that's been what I've been up to. <laughs> but um, I guess moving away from that, we can get into the kind of the backdrop for what we've been talking about this whole time, which is um, today, this morning, Watsi announced a uh, or made a BNR announcement together with a rare combined rules change to the game. And I guess I'll actually put the website view back up so we can have people see it. But um, so they banned some crap in standard. Who cares? Uh, and historic. Turns out Agent of Treachery and Fires of Invention are super banned or super busted. Who knew? I mean, Fires of Invention really busted. Who knew that was going to yeah, be? Oh, shocker. Surprise. Okay, moving on. Agent uh, of Treachery. Okay, so one thing about the Agent of Treachery ban I think is hilarious. It's because of like this new card they printed. It's like Winolta. some humans like attack, look at the oh. top fucking like 10 cards and put a human into play. Asian <laughs> of Treachery is a human, so they're just like, oh look, turn three or four, here's a thing. I'm gonna steal your land. It's yeah. like super dumb. <clears throat> Great game design. Yeah. I saw people doing that in modern. 
too, like some meme Yorion deck with like Agent of Treacheries and shit. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but the rules change they made for Companion, which is relevant to all formats except for Popper, I guess, uh, is um, they are making it so now you cannot just cast your Companion at any time. You have the ability to once per game at the time you could cast a Sorcery, you can pay three generic mana to put your Companion from your sideboard into your hand. It is a special action, which means it's not not an activated ability. It can't be responded to. It's like morph, basically. Yeah, it just can't be countered. It just happens. Can't be stopped by Phyrexian Revoker. They call out specifically. Um. So yeah. So this means that effectively companions cost three mana more now, potentially paid in installments if you want to do it over like multiple turns. Yeah. So it's all companions now have have to be wished for. Yeah. For three mana. Which has applications, so you can't just uh, on turn three jam a Luris and cast a bubble anymore. You have to um, have to put bot- it in your hand. Put it in your hand first, which means if you don't cast it right away, it is thought seizable. It also gives your opponent a little bit more warning to potentially hold up a counter spell for it. With that in mind, how do you think this shakes out for modern legacy? We'll leave standard to other people who are more informed about that format. But in, in modern and legacy, how do you think that shakes out as far as the decks that have been good and the command the companions that have been good and whether they'll keep being good? So one thing I want to quickly point out before we get into the uh the rule change is Lurus was banned in vintage. Yeah. This was two weeks ago. Or yeah, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks. Because then they banned it, and then the next week, which was last week, they announced the announcement for this week, right? Because they had yeah, to do that now. Because yeah. they're yeah. not on the schedule, but they announced the announcement. So it was banned in Vintage, um, because restricting in Vintage doesn't make any sense when it's a companion and already one of, and so they just banned Lurus. And that's a big deal, because this is the first time a card's been outright banned in Vintage for a long time. Yeah. Uh, was it's been a really long time. I don't even know if the last card was banned. Uh, I'm sure someone out there is going to be very angry. Who's oh, vintage is proper magic, and you should know this, but I I, I don't. Um, also, uh, Lurus was banned in Legacy, as was Zerda. <laughs> yeah. So they basically said Lurus was too pervasive, too good, and. Zerda has win rates similar to Luris, but no one's playing it. So There's if we ban Luris, everyone's just going to start playing Zerda, and that's just going to be the new deck. So Luris and Zerda are banned. So with that in mind, um, the three mana special action, tutor, wish, whatever, uh, I feel like has the biggest implications for Luris because it's the most popular. But that doesn't affect Legacy because Luris is still banned. That's the cheapest. To well, like, that is, yeah, to like the, well. the cheapest good one, right? Like, I mean, Zerda's good too, but like, yeah. So, uh, so in terms of like legacy, I, you know, Lurus isn't, isn't a player anymore. Uh, I, I don't. Some people are talking about are they going to unban Lurus and Zerda in legacy now that the change has happened, and I don't know. I, it's possible. I can't really say. Uh, I will say that for modern, I think this has a pretty big impact on especially Luris and his um, popularity. I I still think that campaigns will still be good. Mm-hmm. 
because it's still paying three mana to get a card that you didn't have to spend a card to get. Mm-hmm. So it's not a tutor. It's not a cantrip. It's not really a wish because you don't you don't you don't need a card to get it. So the card is still free in material, but it's not free in tempo because you have to pay mana. Yeah, exactly. So I think this is a very um really not a a an errata or change that we were expecting. I think a lot of people were expecting something more along the lines of like um to fix the commander card identity issue. or or like put it in your hand at the beginning and bottom something else, like to address the card advantage problem. <clears throat> or to make it more restrictive. And this hasn't done anything to either of those, right? None it's, of the fixes that were described fixes the consistency issue, though, which is like an, uh, a big kind of rock under the water that I think a lot of people weren't focused on. Just the fact that the mechanic, there's no fix for this, but it is it is a consistency issue, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's still always going to be there. It's always going to be in your hand for three mana. That's why like stuff like <laughs> Once Upon a Time and the new Mulligan rule have been so problematic because they've really increased consistency and like reduced variance in the game so companion is just more of that no matter how you no matter how you change it or slice it right it just like and i think they even called that out in the in the um the article they wrote they were talking about how they were hoping that by making it so you would want to cast the stuff in your hand first because you didn't have to pay to put the companion you would have to pay to put the companion in your hand so it's not as attractive as an option until later that you would hopefully do it later in the game or not at all and that that way the game would be more varied early on instead of being like right. turn three i jam my luris and play a mistress bobble every fucking game right like so yeah so i i think the three mana tax if you will is it's it is kind of a big deal though I, three mana is a lot of mana mm-hmm to pay especially for your stupid Luris or something um i i do think that deck like burn would still want to play it mm-hmm. because it's definitely the other restriction is otherwise free and the whole reason why you're playing Luris and burn is when you flood out you have something that can provide you more action mm-hmm. by playing a creature in itself and by rebuying another creature from your yard to keep the pressure going when you're otherwise flooding out um, it's not as good at doing that, right? Obviously, because you have to spend a turn to put it into your hand. But it's still, it's still better than just drawing more air. The forever. fact that they have to telegraph it is really nice for playing against it. At least, like you, like know, oh, they have Luris now. Like I might want to hold up a counter spell. But I, which do is think the cleanest it, way to answer it. But I do think a deck like Burn was probably it's probably going to be much less incentivized to play shit like Mishra's Bobble. Yeah, and Seal of Fire. Like you, you, you get to you're going to be playing Luris more as perhaps what they intended mm-hmm. the card to be used as, which is a, a win for Watsi, I guess. It's um, a win for Mistress Bobble. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> I like me some Mistress Bobble, but man, people were like eh, the gallows, right? People were like looking towards the gallows, a little gleam on the blade, <laughs> thinking back yeah. to faithful saluting and Mox Opal. So I. I still think that we'll be seeing Luris decks um, because a lot of these Luris decks are fair decks. They're either like really fast, aggressive decks that are only playing it as flood insurance anyway, or they're highly interactive, grindy decks which can go long enough to where they can afford to spend that tax 
and play it over a couple turns or just wait till the game's long enough to just slam it in one turn. Mm-hmm. And because of this, I think that Yorion is actually maybe the best companion now. Yeah. Especially in Legacy. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a question in Legacy anymore now that Lurisons are just banned. But um, the Snow Yorion decks in Legacy, I don't think they care that much at all about the three man attacks. Um, they never. Those decks typically wanted to sandbag the Yorion as long as possible anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's probably turns where they can afford to just pay three mana to put it in their hand because they weren't planning on. They wouldn't have wanted to play the Yorion that turn anyway, but wanted to hold up something else. And then I've heard that it's basically just an Oko deck that only plays the forces. And so people are talking about how by putting it in your hand, you can now pitch your Yorion to force. Of well, yeah. So I don't know how often that's going to be a thing, but it's definitely not nothing. So if you're playing against a deck where you're like, man, I really need to counter this, this spell or whatever, and I have like maybe my force and a bunch of fucking, you know, a random astrally or, you know, other non-blue cards, you're just like, well, it's free man i guarantee blue card yeah it's free at that point if the card if you really the thing you care about is having force of will and the other cards don't do anything anyways then it's free because like if they don't do the thing you still have the yorion and maybe you draw another blue card that turn so it's just like it's like the opportunity cost is like like you have to you have to skip spending three mana on a card that probably didn't matter anyways if you needed force of will to not die yeah, I, okay. some people mention like brainstorm too. Oh, it's a free card. You can dig one deep with your brainstorm or whatever. And sure, but I, I don't cool. know if that's going to be as relevant uh, as pitching to force. Um, but it's real. It's, it's something. Yeah, it's real. It's, hmm. And I, I and I think to to some extent in modern uh, Yoran may still be the best companion for similar reasons where. The decks that are being played in are these really slow incremental value you know control decks where they don't mind sitting until they have 400 mana and they can just pay eight for your if they want or just take it you know, you know maybe you don't need to yeah. hold up double cryptic command you can hold up with one this turn and put it in your hand like let's fine. say turn six you like you pay three you put your in your hand you hold up archmage's turn plus force negation like, yeah easy and there's not really a you know, huge downside there yeah so I, I think it makes um, the slower companion decks better. Um, but I do think you are a little bit less incentivized to to go out of your way to conform your deck to be a companion deck because they are clunkier. A Jagatha is an interesting one. Yeah, so like, does Tron still play Jagantha? Or like humans. Does Storm still play Jagantha? I mean, yeah, for some of these decks, it was so free anyways that, like, is it really I mean, a cost? I guess, um, like, humans might play Gigantha for the same reasons that Burn might still play Lurus, right? If you're yeah. playing Gigantha, it's because you don't have shit going on. And they have a lot of turns where they're, like, casting stuff off vile anyways, and they don't use their mana. That was always, like, a thing. Like, what do you do for mana and humans? It's like, well, you cash in these, um, you know, uh, Horizon Canopy lands. Yeah. Although, one thing to note... um, Ancient Ziggurat, very bad at putting companions in your hand. Ziggurat is bad at everything in that deck other than than killing your opponent with fast bodies. 
<laughs> it's very good at playing a turn one uh, Nova Hierarch and a turn two Mantis Rider, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And some of your sideboard cards with, like, I guess. strange, restrictive, you know, white, black, or whatever, like, you know, Comball or whatever, or Set Not Collector. Combo, or, like, you drew your, or you happen to be still playing Keswick and Malcontents or something. Yeah. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think of the implications to uh, the popularity of the companion decks? I just don't. I don't think the drawback. I mean, so it addresses some of the problems I had with companion, but not all of them. The biggest problem I think with companion was that they were just good. Like they were too good, <laughs> right? Like they were just really powerful. And so this dials that back at least. Like they're not just like you're not getting beaten over the head by Luris anymore. Um, which is nice, but I don't think, I don't think it fixes my, my really strong worries about homogenizing the formats because I, I still think a, a free extra card is worth it to, you know, tweak your deck a bit and lose a sideboard card. I still, I don't think the the needle has really moved on that too much. I think, you know, less decks are going to, that were like the decks that were like bending over backwards for it probably aren't going to, but a lot of decks weren't right like and a lot of people for like the yorian decks realized that 80 cards wasn't so bad right like yeah after years and years of 61 cards is is the devil and now here we are with happily putting 20 more cards in our deck just to have access yeah. to a stupid yorian we just have i think we just have so many you know efficient cantrips now with stuff like astrolabe and you know you really benefit from having these bullet cards in your deck sometimes that and like you know the card pool is big enough that you can have a lot of yeah. like redundant effects exactly um the redundancy is really there now where it wasn't before um, so like i was talking to john a little bit before about legacy and like oh man you know if if everyone's gonna be playing Luris decks that means i forget i was like oh yeah maybe like there's gonna be less um you know force type stuff so it was just he's just kind of play belcher just belch him you know, if you want to sit there and play around with Mishra's Bobbles, just get belched, dude. And then I realized that if you're playing Yorion and you're playing four Force of Negation and four Force of Will, you have more forces per card than you did with just four Force of Wills in a 60-card deck. Exactly. So it's even worse to be belching kids. Imagine so if like, they uh, did that in a 60-card deck, though. Yeah, so like all the 60-card decks are still playing like four force of will and maybe like one two, or two yeah. negations delvers is playing like six of the effect it's bad news bears yeah. on that front um but yeah so i had the issue with you know the homogeny homogenization but what i kind of touched on previously was my my concerns about the repetitiveness of the of the play right like watsi is saying like oh well you know since you're not doing it till later in the game you're like because you're more incentivized to actually play out your cards in hand first because they're cheaper you're not going to be playing the companion till later in the game which you know creates more variety of gameplay because maybe the game ends before you get to that point i don't know how much i buy that in formats like you know stand uh legacy and modern um i think the decks have the tools the decks that want to be playing these type of companions are interactive enough to get there um for like you know Luris and Yorion stuff about stuff like uh, Obosh though is a bit more interesting you know now it's like well you have to make your deck only have odd cards which is like a pretty real cost right 
and then you have to pay the three then five you know that's yeah just for an obosh yeah just for obosh i mean because the problem with that is because previously you would have a setup turn before the obosh right so you would play your glory bringer and then you would play your obosh well now you can't really do that right you have you like what are you playing before the turn before right you have to pay three that's a one drop on four like before you were playing a three drop on four and so what it'd be like turn one arbor elf turn two utopia sprawl put obosh in another arbor elf Ooh, and then what untap glorybringer you can't afford to play the obosh anyway yeah so i mean that that takes a hit i guess the Zerta Dex is interesting because Zerta actually reduces the cost when it comes into play, so you could maybe like roll it all into one turn on like six. And like still we can't reduce it lower than one though, right? With Zerta? No. So Yeah, it is kind so, of awkward that I feel like the most two the two most egregious offenders being, you know, Yorion and Luris, I feel like the play patterns are still like not terrible. Whereas some of the other ones are like a little bit more impacted and you know they were cared a little bit more about like when you're doing it like curving out really well, right? Yeah. So I, I just think it hurts Yorion decks the least. Yeah. Because the types of decks playing Yorion are typically the ones who want the games to go long anyway mm-hmm. and will often have turns where they can afford three mana. Mm-hmm. To get a free card. Yeah, exactly. Because you would have turns where you would just like spend three mana casting a bunch of like astrolabe garbage anyways, or like a main phase omen of the sea, or like shit like that. Yeah, just like it's like a mana sink that always gets you this pretty good card. Yeah. Um Oh, but uh rest in peace, Garuda. <laughs> yeah, Garuda is very bad in legacy now um you need three leds to do a thing instead of two which is a bit of an ask it's quite a bit more yeah quite a bit more uh so i think it does like what do you think about playing companion cards just in your deck i think luris is the one that really benefits the most from that i could see zerta maybe being a thing too um but i think luris is where it's really at um there's you know our friend sam has been playing like you know soul sisters black white mid-rangey type decks and like loris is pretty good in that deck i mean it's not busted but it's like it gets a slot or two i think you know one or two of them i don't think are unreasonable i'm not really worried about it i guess i i i guess companions index are something that would be cool to see but i'm not like concerned about because like the companions aren't like well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think we should, I don't expect anyone to be concerned about the the power level of the cards in, in you know main decks, but um, do you think we're going to be actually seeing that happen? Luris. due to the tax, we'll see Luris. I think we'll see Luris um, pop up the most. Um, maybe Obosh. Maybe Obosh. I can see Obosh still having a place. It's like a five drop. Obosh to me just it just feels like a big dumb beat stick still. It curves out well for those type of decks though. Like what else are you doing on five? Luca. Glory bringer. 
It's like you want to play the turn after your your thing, right? We can play a big four drop now, like a a Bayloth or something. I don't know. I guess oh, you play even cards. You know what it seems really insane with is um card that everyone forgot about, even though it, it had like an absurd amount of text on it, Questing Beast. <laughs> Questing Beast and uh Obosh is Oh yeah, yeah, you can do that, right? No, it's only odd stuff still, right? I think the ability still only affects odd. I think so. I don't think that ever really came up, but I think it actually does only affect odd. So I guess that's fine. You're not getting double striking, unblockable, insano, questing beasted. God, that would be awful. It's getting nugged for eight by this questing beast that you can't block. It's like, I'm, I'm would, sure it, it would have happened some somewhere. Remember that card Hero of Bladehold? Card everyone's oh, forgotten about. Yeah, that card. Whew. Hero into an Obosh. Whew, that's a lot of damage. Yeah, it is. What is that? A 3 4 with Battle Cry that makes two attacking 1 1s? Yeah. So that would be 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14, 14 by itself. Oof. Yeah, that's assuming you have no other creatures from like turns 1 through 3 attacking. Except it doesn't work because Obosh only buffs. Odd. Good, good thing. Good thing. Good job, Watsi. <laughs> Wait, Obosh still combos with the Raise Boar. <laughs> if you Raise Boar an Obosh, because it's legendary, right? Is it? Yeah, it is. Then you get 12, you get 18 damage. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that one stored away for later. Get you a generator servant. Yeah. God, I I'd still want to eventually play a stupid generator servant deck. Just play the uh, the sneak attack for planeswalker card. That play against that the Luca deck that I played against. The planar bound accomplice. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That deck was pretty insane. hot. Just like Luca into your Immercle off of season pyromancer tokens. <laughs> no, just off of the. Pyro off of itself. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Because if you do, if you hit a token, you might hit a three drop and it's like eh. Oh, I'm saying you get off the season pyromancer, which then yeah, yeah, you already got the tokens. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like value. Value, value, value. Ah Man, that's so adorable. So where do we move from here? We've talked a bit about how the formats will adapt. Well, so the thing is, we're going to be seeing more companions, right? I hope not, but probably. You think they're printing like, more? Do you think this is the last time they're ever going to print companions? <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Please? Stop? No more. <laughs> The, my biggest fear is that long term, if they keep making these damn things, they're going to start costing them with the tax taken into account. Or even worse, alternative ways to pay the tax. Oh. Which just gives them even more range to fuck up. I'm just like, Hogak. Example like, A, Hogak. <laughs> like, if your opponent has lost three or more life this turn, you can pay zero instead of three to put it from your sideboard into your hand. Great. If you've drawn more than four cards, I, I, I don't know, man. Just like random ass 
stupid now fucking, like, like, co- like hideaway land levels of shenanigan. Fuck that. I hate that. I hate everything about that. If you control two more creatures than your opponents. Stop. These make way too much sense. These are like way too, like, I can imagine these way too easily. Ugh. If you control two fewer lands than your opponent. I just imagine a future where we're like getting fucking nugged by ornithopters, like on, like it's like Affinity all over again, but instead of like a Ravager, it's just some stupid thing out of the fucking sideboard every game. It's like, it's like the same thing every game. It'll be like a Storm Companion. Like this companion's like companion tax costs one less for each spell you've cast this turn. Ah! Is this uh, what's the fucking word? Unexplored design space? You know, my, my biggest sadness about this whole change is that it makes a Lutri like hot garbage. Oh yeah, Lutri's pretty ass now. Six Savannah? It's like you have to play Commander you in order to you get can, you can't even do it on you can't you can't even pay the three during their turn. Yeah. So you can't even copy their spell with it for six mana. You can't even it's not even a bad torrential gear hulk anymore it's it's hmm. yeah i don't know if that one's worth it like playing a highlander deck (laughs) it's pretty rough i was the only command companion i bought too i was like this one has the lowest power level and seems the most fun Although, to be fair, you've played Highlander decks before Lutri existed, so... I wanted to be rewarded (laughs) for it. I wanted an excuse, Chris. I wanted an excuse to make content. You know what you could do? You could could, uh, make a Bant... Not Bant. It would have to be uh, an Abzan Highlander deck... And reveal Lutri as your your companion. Just to show him who's boss. I'm playing Highlander because I want to. Reveal it and just never play a blue or red card. And they're just like... Yeah, I just can't even... Can't cast my Lutri anyway, but... Don't need it. You gotta play it with, like... When you copy stuff, like X spells, does it copy the X? Um, <clears throat> what are X's on the stack? I believe so. You gotta play, like, Astrolabes or something, so you can play it in, like, a deck of Villainous Wealth, and then, like, copy, like, a fat fucking Villainous Wealth. I'm actually not sure if it copies X or not. It said it had to be pretty big for doubling it to be worth it, though, right? It's, like, three extra mana, so it would have to be four, or X equals four or more, so that's seven, that's ten mana. Yeah, X will be the same. I, th- I think it has to be, right? Because like if X equals 3 and you cast Lutri, you'd be better off just going up to 6, right? You would, dig, it would be the you, same. You would dig 3 deeper and you would also get bigger stuff. So, so 4 is where like it actually starts to like yeah, four and up is where but, it pays but off. But below three, it's actually worse. Yeah. Because if X is two, right? So that means your minimum cost is four plus the three colored sources plus the... Yeah, so it's ten mana minimum. 
to be benefiting from blue tree off of one as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just best for like bringing in against opponents casting fat fucking spells so you can copy it. But then they still get their fat spell. Could give sun <laughs> against storm. They like give sun given. <laughs> Ah, I will give Sun Given. I'll give Sun Given. I'll put Force of Negation in my file or something. I don't even know. Yeah, straight to the fucking shower realm with that one. Yeah, I don't know. Although, see, if you're playing a Highlander deck and you play um, Give Sun Given, it's actually just look. It's just look for four cards. No restriction. <laughs> oh man. As always, way out in the weeds, we have gotten <laughs> So, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to play very much paper with the new companion rule because they have announced that there's going to be no large paper events for the rest of the year. No more GPs, no in-person PTs, nothing. Yep. We were really hoping to go to Vegas this year, but I think in my heart of hearts, since this all started, I knew it wasn't going to happen. But it hadn't been announced that it wasn't happening. <laughs> now it's definitely off the table, which is a real yeah. bummer, because, man, I really liked wandering around at, like, midnight with Magic players, drinking out of open <laughs> containers in the desert yeah, when it's, like, 100 degrees. Something, something nice about hanging out with... With your mates, wandering around outside when it's still like 90 plus fucking degrees, in drinking dark. alcohol out of your fucking paper bag. It doesn't even have to be in a paper bag. It doesn't I was even drinking matter box wine last time. It's like a juice box, like an alcoholic juice box. Cracking packs. <laughs> Looking for slither blades. You know, having like a, a midnight legacy test session. Yeah. In, like, the lobby of some random hotel. I don't even know who was staying in that hotel. Well, we were in, like, a section that was, like, it wasn't even being used. We just, like, opened, yeah, like walked in an open lobby. door to someone's... It was, like, someone was staying there that we knew. But, like, it was, like, a banquet area or something. They had, like, or a conference area. They had, like, all the tables out. It was just, like, don't mind us. We'll just let ourselves in. <laughs> I think I think what happened is there was someone inside walking by. And we, like, knocked. And they let us in. And then more people kept coming. And we kept letting more people in. Because it wasn't locked from the inside. And so before long, we had like eight people playing Legacy in the middle of this fucking weird ass area. And then finally, a security guard like wandered by and saw us and was like, please go. <laughs> like, are you staying here? Uh... Some of us are. <laughs> well, yes, but actually, no. <laughs> like, looks at his watch. He's just like, can, can you not? <laughs> yeah. It's great. The food was amazing. Yeah. I would really want to go back do magic things with my peeps yeah vegas was really fun but not for any really vegas reasons just the food and like yeah. the environment we didn't even go to like any buffets or anything nope didn't gamble unless no you shows. count unless you unless you count entering the main event <laughs> yeah fucking <laughs> lost that one tell you i what. day two in legacy <laughs> i uh i did not I I got dream crushed in the last round of day one. Yeah, I was this close. I God, I really wanted to day two both GPs. 
that was my that was my goal mm-hmm. and i day two modern and i got that close it was the same for me in modern i was one round short i lost in the last round of uh modern yeah i i was playing elves and legacy obviously and <laughs> i got pretty good blue red delver and i was like oh man i'm usually favored because delver decks right grim lava master is it set a caster Game one, he just like bolted literally every single creature I played ever. They play like, like eight bolts. <laughs> oh, here's a creature. Bolt it. Here's a creature. Chain lightning. Chain lightning delver. Here's a other creature. Bolt it. Something else? Snap. Bolt it. I was playing all the whole all the time, Delver's like slap, slap, <laughs> slap. Back then when I was I wasn't playing blue red, I don't think in Legacy at that point, but back then when I did play it, I was playing Forked Bolt, like a one of Forked Bolt in my main deck too, which was also just absurd against decks like else. So gross. One and then, mana two for one. I was like, alright, game two on the play, I might have a chance. Like turn one, DRS or whatever go. He's like, turn one, Grim Blob Master. I was like, fuck, we lost. <laughs> Get her next time. <laughs> we're, not, we're not making it, boys. Uh, mission failed. <laughs> we'll get him next time. We didn't get him next time either. Oh, yeah. Man, Seattle was even worse. I didn't even make it to the last round. I didn't even. Make I, it, I didn't even make it literally to the first round of day two. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I, I, I showed up early. Yeah, you got, like, got there hella early because you dip, you made day two. And I was going to fuck around a bit before the, the Sunday PTQ or whatever. And I just like, I don't know if I like saw you wandering around. I was like, why is John over here? Or you like came up to me and was like, I fucking, I fucking missed round one. And I lost. And it's like, I'm not even the only one who who, who had that happen there to you. There was like two or three other people talking to the judges at the same time. They literally opened a wall. There was a wall that slid open, and there was another room. Like, we're talking like a wall that was probably like 40 feet long just slid open and revealed another room. And they set up the PA system over there in that room, and you could not hear it from from where yeah from like the main like vendor area or whatever and it was yeah i, I was, remember like yeah i was like waiting you, in an area you, that was empty as though they were going to start an event there and the main the main event for um like standard or modern whatever whatever was going on in the main area was running in like an hour late and so i was like oh they're like running an hour late that means like they're delayed on everything right that makes sense i'll just patiently wait here and then meanwhile, over fucking around the corner out of sight in this secret room they opened up, they're like, par- like calling people on this quiet ass fucking PA you can't hear. I'm so tilted about that. I just got a game loss for or match loss for first first match of day two. Wasn't even the only person. No. It would have been even funnier if your opponent also. <laughs> like both players just lose. Don't even show up. Show up. Yeah. yeah. Fucking a dude. Meanwhile, John's opponent is like, <laughs> get some of them, yeah, fucking play points or whatever. So frustrating. So frustrating. I'm still unbelievably salty about that. Yeah, so there's some bad beats. The team GP was really bad beats, dude. My god. Like. Playing a deck and having like a 75% plus win rate for like a month or two leading up to the event and then just getting fucking ranched in the main event feels terrible. 
the first the first part of that event i was so nauseous i felt so sick and i was i was like winning right wasn't i winning like my like all my all my matches yeah like, you're doing really well against like check pile which was supposed to be an unfavored matchup and I, we played against like two or three times i think i won and i just like i literally would like sit down play the game and like feel fine while i was playing the game and as soon as it was over i was just like i'm gonna puke i feel awful i'm sick i don't feel good pair for the next match fucking crush my opponent go back to just being like oh my god i'm gonna puke i feel awful <laughs> and meanwhile you're just getting bodied by like very favored matchups by everything literally everything the only deck that i beat in the first like five rounds or whatever was storm <laughs> because that's back in the day like where a buy, you played right? meddling mage on turn two and named grape shot and they scooped the game yeah yeah this is just a buy <laughs> So like I I think it was like the first round we played against Storm. And I'm like, alright, I got this. And I'm like, alright, here's Benny Mage, Grape Shot. And he's like, okay. And he keeps playing. I'm like, hmm. Untap Phantasm Image. Empty the Warrens. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and then he skips it up. Yeah. It's kind of like squint at him, stare into his soul. <laughs> like, yeah. What what other piece have we do we need to name? Is it a bounce spell? Like, is it bolt? Is it empty? Is it empty? Mm. I see. Empty the warrens. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man, getting slapped by Ephra was not fun. Yeah, I I don't understand. Everyone says like, oh, burns so favored, such a favorable matchup for the humans deck. Burn's so easy. What a good matchup. How is playing a vile creature deck against mono searing blazes a good matchup? I don't get it. <laughs> I think a lot of people weren't playing that many searing blazes and bloods at the time. He was like 4-3, right? I don't know. I think he was on 4 blaze, 3 blood. Like he... I definitely saw searing bloods. I, I like... Fucking freeboot him, and he's like, he's blaze, blaze, blood he, like, like, ah! He properly <laughs> metagamed for the event. Like, humans was the deck that was, like, breaking out then, and he, like, yeah. correctly identified that, whereas a lot of other people had not. Or previously, like, people were still, like, slow on the uptake, which is why, like, a lot of people were like, oh, burn is really good, because they weren't playing the right cards. But, like, a good player who's, like, in tune with the meta was, like, easy fix. Like, spray some fucking flex seal on that shit, and we're good to go. <laughs> Like, yeah, turns the matchup right around. It's like the, the flex seal meme. Like, oh, humans unfavorable. <laughs> Searing blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is this EV spraying out? <laughs> seal that shit right up. No problem. I gotta say, though, like, Paulo is, like, the most intimidating player I've ever played against. Not from, like, his presence or anything, but just playing... Literally every game action he took just felt like, like perfect. <laughs> it's just like it was unbelievable in a format like Legacy with like brainstorms and shit. I I could just like, I I just don't know how to describe it. It was like every single thing he did and the thing I did. He just like was just like it was like playing like a chess game where your opponent just knew every move you're gonna make before you made it and was like prepared to make the appropriate counter move. It's like like action reaction action reaction and it was just like just the worst possible thing every time and it wasn't like he got lucky it was like he was like brainstorming and pondering and like it was just very obvious that he was like 
really fucking good at the game. It was like it's like the sense yeah, of like so, dread, like slowly, like this this like weight of playing against someone who you know is like yeah better than you. Just, yeah, it was just very obvious that he was better. He was not making mistakes. Like I had decisions where I was like it was like hard. I was like having to think really hard. And like I think I was making the right decision most of the time. You know, I was like okay, like I'm thinking really hard and putting a lot of effort into this. And for him, it was just like correct decision, correct decision, correct decision. It wasn't like hard for him. For me, it was like I had to like be very careful not to fuck up and he was just like yeah it was like i don't know it just felt like playing playing against like a predator or something like like it, like you know i don't know like like being an animal like face of like a you know a predator or something where like you know they are like stronger and and faster than you <laughs> i don't know it was like a feeling i've never really felt playing magic and haven't really felt since like i've played against you know other like gold level pros and like you know good players but like playing against pv was just like a one-time experience and that was like right when i was like not feeling like shit anymore either that was like the point in the day where like i was feeling like healthy again and it was like then then i got faced against that it was like oh my god like feeling of dread yeah it was awful yeah minus one minus one to this white creature or that's not funny what is it uh is it something dread isn't dread of night it's dread of night, dread of night it's minus yeah. one minus one to all white creatures <laughs> ah! <laughs> If only I had more toughness. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah. Memory lane. It was a really fun event though, despite like getting kind of bodied. I still love the story about how Mike played against Ben. Ben Stark. Who basically told him his deck was sweet and that was a deck he wished he could have played, but he just didn't think it was good enough. <laughs> Yeah, his teammates wouldn't let him play because it wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah, it was on. He was on the uh, cycling deck, right? The uh, um, uh, Mike was playing Drakehaven. Yeah, yeah, the Drakehaven cycling deck. Yeah, like Ben Starks on like desert, desert red or whatever. It was like his, yeah. like yeah, his, like like he was the bigger to, red deck. Yeah, and she's like, that deck's really cool. I wanted to play that deck. My teammates wouldn't wouldn't let me. And he's like, thought like you kind of like reflects from it. He's like, yeah, it's just not good enough. Or whatever. As he's just dismantling for Mike. He's like, how do I say this in a way that's not rude? Yeah, that just wasn't good enough. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was like the event where we like spent a lot of time testing Teamer and Teamer Black. And like... Because Mike was originally going to play Blue-White Approach. Yeah. And it just was not... Was not the business. Wasn't ticking the boxes. It was really struggling, and then oh, like, we're gonna last... play. We tested Ivan's pyramid deck for a while because Ivan was like, "I got the solution. I got the tech." And was like, "This is Ivan Gen Man. Like he made, he made you know Jeskai Ascendancy combo in standard, and he's got this sick tech deck. Like we better pay attention to this. We might have the uh, the truth." And it was just like the strangest fucking deck that no one other than him could make work. Was playing like was like it was a pyramid tesseret deck yeah like both the pyramids like the one that some people played and the one that no one played where you like put brick counters on this shit like one put brick counters on it and one <laughs> took brick counters off <laughs> just doing weird fucking shit with like tesseret and like battle at the bridge i think and like i think he was playing like some number of battle of the... it was a very strange deck just like we couldn't get it to work in testing <laughs> no no Meanwhile, everyone's just fucking slamming rug and 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 mono red into each other. Man, another team event would be fun. Yeah, those were good. 
thing is, like, I should have just played Amulet in the event anyway, but um, one of my concerns was, like, if I play Amulet, I'm going to get zero help from either John or Mike because, like... That's the wrong line of thinking. You should have been like, I know Amulet so well that I could have spare mental energy to help the other two. <laughs> but I wasn't convinced of that either because Amulet's, like, not an easy deck to play. Yeah. And that... I don't know if that... I guess that would have been my second GP playing Amulet at a, at a, at a GP level. But I was like, man, like, can I play, can I play Amulet, like, perfectly and help John resolve Brainstorm? I've never cast Brainstorm or Legacy. God, Brainstorm is one of those cards that, like, it's really easy to be, like, to show someone else a Brainstorm and just, like, five, ten minutes of discussion. Like, if you're not, you know, like, playing an event. Like, easily, right? Like, there's no, like, hey, what should I put back? Like, oh, yeah, these... No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. What's what's the board looking like? What's How many cards does our like, opponent have? Yeah, like, what have you bottomed off of, like... Do we have any fetch lands right out? Have we played a land in this turn? Yeah. What are our life totals? Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you stack them, you know, this way versus this way, and you lose the game. And you're like, huh. If only we had just stacked it the other way. Yeah. Brainstorm's a fucking doozy of a card. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, we stacked it this way, but shit, now we really have to fetch or else something terrible happens. But we wanted gone. the second card more than the one we drew. Well, I hope we draw it again. And then you don't, and then you're sad. Yeah. <laughs> or you brainstorm wrong and you end up winning anyway, and you tilt the shit out of your Jinku. <laughs> yeah. Been there, done that. That was a fun one. Oh, that was a treat. That was a tournament where I had a, a judge call about Wasteland targeting itself. I will say the practice team events were a lot of fun. They too. were a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, team events, real nice. Except someone has to play standard. Pioneer now. Pioneer, modern legacy. Although it's really gonna be modern, pioneer, standard. But legacy, yeah. pioneer, modern is it's good shit. <laughs> you don't have to find someone in the bitch seat to play standard. God, if you have to play modern pioneer standard. I have not been following pioneer i have no idea what's going on all i know it's been it's been companions the format but you know what's so, the difference inverter was still able to keep up in the format even though companions were a thing and it didn't play them although some people were playing yorion <laughs> that seems ambitious but um so i think it's probably pretty solid still so that's good um i own the deck <laughs> Minus, like, oh, so. a, a smattering of new cards. So you're saying that uh, you're volunteering for Pioneer? I mean, I'd have to. I don't think we'd really have very many people in our group that own Pioneer decks that are, like, well-versed in playing them. So got to get us a legacy player. I mean, at least I can just give someone a legacy deck and be like, congratulations. No, 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 no. There's no legacy here. It's, it's, it's. Oh, um, modern. Modern. So we Pioneer still have standard. to find someone to play standard? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, good luck. No one plays standard in Sacramento. That's not true, but <laughs> we don't know them. 
they're another group of players entirely. Wait, we just have to get Danjanova because he plays or he plays Arena. He moved away. That means he plays Standard, right? He lives. He moved back east. That's how it works. He's very far away now. That option is off the table. <laughs> yeah, just like uh, who plays Arena? Okay, at least now you have like a litmus test for if they're like bad or not, right? Like, what, what's your rank on Arena? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you want to do anything? I've got to do a background check first, real quick. Yeah, so this is a screenshot. <laughs> no, no. I'm we just send a screenshot with picture of shoe on head, so we know it's you. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> not that um, will there be any team events or ever again? Any events? Because <laughs> there's just no events. Yeah. Speaking of no events, um. There's still no ETA on even like local FNMs again. Yeah. Someone was asking our local shop today and they were like, whenever the government tells us we can. <laughs> and I, I think even if um, the city told us you could open tomorrow, Wasi might I'm, not. <laughs> well, yeah, that. And I'm a little skeptical at how the turnout would be anyway. Because um, yeah. I know not everyone is going to be comfortable going out to these sorts of gathering events regardless of whatever the government says you are I think are once not, not to do. people have like access to widespread testing to see if they've been exposed to it, all the people that already have been are going to be like well <laughs> nothing to lose now it's going to be like, you know, people who, ha who had coronavirus and recovered anonymous <laughs> yeah and then, like, all the people who haven't been tested or don't haven't had it yet are going to be, like, quarantined at home still. <laughs> like the Squidward looking out the window at yeah. Patrick and Spongebob. <laughs> Running around. <laughs> but I guess the, the thing is, if, if you have the antibodies but still contagious, then that's a disaster, right? Not if only people who have had it are coming, right? Well, I, I'm saying, like, generally speaking. Oh. Yeah. Because if you don't have, like, if you haven't had it or, you know, you haven't been tested or whatever, you still can't, you can't really stay home forever. Yeah. Like, you typically have to go out to do something, you know, buy food. I think once, like, the testing is widespread, though, there'll be more of a support network for, like, people that like, do need to really, really quarantine, right? Because they'll have, like, friends and family who they can, like... <laughs> you know, Shanghai into, like, going and getting stuff for them. But I'm sure it's not going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Not a medical expert, I don't know. But I assume there is going to be a small group of people that are definitely kind of left out in the cold, or left in in the cold, so to speak. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. My understanding is the uh, test is very unpleasant. Um... I've heard different things about that. Anyways, let's not talk about that here. I've heard, I've, I've heard, I've heard that was like early testing, and there was like a lot of fake news going on around about like how bad it was too. It was like videos of like awful looking insertions that were apparently were not necessary. Anyways, let's not get into that here. Hopefully, that changes. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so an announcement. I guess this is a good point to throw it out. Since things are still shut down and not a lot is going on and there's no more big events the rest of the year and the majority of events online are going to be on Arena, which is standard, which we don't do here. 
not a thing we're interested in um we're gonna be moving to doing monthly episodes instead of episodes every other week until either big events are happening that we can talk about on a regular basis or and or we are back at fnm again playing regularly and uh and have derived content to talk about so once either our local scene is up and going and we have events to talk about pptqs fnm etc or at the very least magic fests that are you know modern or pioneer at least to talk about then we can kind of move back into a more regular schedule but for now i think we're going to kind of uh do it monthly because there's just honestly not a lot to talk about um there will be a nice little meta that'll emerge you know a month from now hopefully we'll have kind of settled in on a new meta for modern and uh legacy and we can kind of do a deep dive into that catch up on what we've been doing i think that'll be a really cool episode to kind of see where things have shaken out hopefully it's not like we're just like humdrum sad about teferi again or something like that um or uro but i think that's where we'll be a month from now and then we'll just be playing it by ear with that in mind chris what are you excited for until then what is what is on your plate for cards or decks that you're excited to kind of dig into now that companion is going to be hopefully taking more of a backseat um i think it might be time to start throwing together and replaying some more non-companion decks yeah regular old amulet yeah, whether it be regular old amulet, or I've been meaning to get around to play some sort of Mystic Sanctuary deck sometime. I just can't really land on what type of flavor of Mystic Sanctuary taking I want to play. Um, pfft, taking turns. I guess technically, um, Nexus Fate is a taking of turns deck. Now you gotta get the one with the Castle of Antresses and all that crap. The deck's sweet. Play with fires of invention band and standard band and standard must be good i can even play like the blue red rhinos deck yeah uh i've had i have everything for that deck except for as foretold which mm. i guess since we're still doing proxies maybe i could play it this would be my chance without, I ha without having to buy as foretold yeah i'm actually missing a lot of cards with that deck but i like everything proxies. else i think but yeah Dang, I kind of wanted to play that stupid Obosh deck at some point before um things that but uh the the, the Winolta one? The the Luca Planner Bound and Oh Luca, Obosh. yeah, yeah, not not yeah. Winolta. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, the Luca Obosh deck. <laughs> but it doesn't look like that's uh, gonna be a thing no, anymore. Probably not. I mean the rest of the shell is still fine without Obosh. Yeah, I mean, I guess you don't need Obosh to Luka into an Emrakul. Still pretty good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Some My my start of the week or month, whatever, uh, I'll, I'll say Mystic Sanctuary. Ooh, I like it. I, I picked some up a long time ago and have never played them. So looking for for a, a list or shell or excuse. Gotcha. We can, we can play some Moto together and... Maybe hammer something out. I got that rental account, baby. We can we can test, test, test. It's like being able to to Mystic Sanctuary Miracle Cards just seems so dirty. It's because it is. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know. 
how prevalent or how good a counterbalance deck will be moving forward if Luris takes a huge dive in the metagame. Yeah, so I mean, Modern has always been kind of focused on cheap cards, so you have to weigh, you know, how good is it to get... Because, like, like, the counterbalance is going to usually be an X for one, right, over the course of the game, so it's like you can get I mean, multiple cards out of your counterbalance as long as you're willing to put the work in, I think. But there are going to be decks where it's just bad, like Tron. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you get lucky and they have a bunch of spheres or something and, you know, you have ones on top, but... Yeah. I think I got a packed countered by a land once. Yeah, that's good on the other side. It was a blind flip land, too. I mean, yeah. it's the most common thing to blind flip, right? But feels bad, man. I did that. Anyway, John, where do you have to be playing? I'm kind of back on the Swans train. Um, I just really love Ice Fang Kotal, and I Swans is a fun deck. Um, I like how much card advantage it has. I like the interactiveness. Um, you know, having Archmage's Charm, Horse Negation, Monastery, or um, Mystic Sanctuary. Like, I've been playing a lot of decks that play those three cards. Also been playing a lot of decks that supplement that with the Ice Fangs. Um, I'll be definitely doing some direction of that. I think Swans is, like, what I want to maybe try with. Um, you know, I think there's a few things that make... So, so Horn and Nest is really good against the aggro decks, and I think aggro is still going to be fairly prevalent, at least for a little while, at least for a couple weeks, because generally when a meta gets shaken up, what do people go to? They go to aggro, right? Like, it's just the easiest deck to, like, you know, get in there, and it's it's tested, it's proven, you're going to slap people with it that are, like, dirtling around and, you know, messing up new stuff. Plus, we're coming out of a period where these decks were already popular, so people already have the cards, they're already familiar playing the deck, they just got to make a tweak. Also... Like we were saying, I don't think Luris is like that terrible in those decks anyways because it's like free. So I'm just expecting there to still be like a lot of burn and a lot of prowess. Um, and uh, it's pretty fun uh, just throwing down a, a hornet nest in front of those decks. <laughs> I don't know if it will still be a Yorion deck or not. That's the big question. I don't know. Um, Yorion is good in that deck. But I also like the idea of like having less air. So I don't know, but probably probably some sort of almost certainly going to be playing Ice Fang Kotal, um, but probably playing some sort of Swan Hornet Nest deck. That's my uh, my my cards of the month. Well, you could just play Yorion to have an excuse to play everything you want to play. Yeah, eighty cards. Like it is nice to have space, but on the other hand, it is nice to be consistent. So it's like yeah what do you want to do right <clears throat> just depends on which way the meta goes so I and mean, i kind of want to run my stupid yurion field deck through a lead just hey if swan if yuri swan can can four one then anything's possible right yeah yeah i felt like that deck could have easily five would <laughs> with like a little bit better luck on the first round so <laughs> we oh did I, I missed the best part i didn't tell you about how we beat a Tron player where uh they played they drew off of our swan about they, they so they co-select the old co-select twice because we like bounced it I think with a cryptic command and I think we blocked it we blocked a a fatty of some kind with a swan 
so they they drew like an absurd number of cards and we won off of like um hornet nest we had like four tokens um we attacked them they like attacked with kozilek we sacked the tokens and then um scredded our our or no no we sacked our bees and then blocked with a second hornet nest and got 12 bees <laughs> and we killed them with codal and 12 bees that's a lot of bees yeah they got bead and they were like trying to like uh they they had like um they had like the uh like the bait this is like how you're talking about having the crazy big bait spell they had the bait carn liberated and we were like thinking about it and we were like uh okay like do we like counter this thing because we only had enough mana to counter like one thing and we're like no no we don't we don't counter this and then they like they ate like a snap or something and then like then they had like the post combat always dust and we were like get that shit out of here <laughs> arc just charm that shit get out of here just freaking slapped them i'm trying to figure out why i'm trying to remember why they didn't have the option to like carn the hornet nest probably post combat i think it was post combat maybe i think it was like the post combat i think they were like surprised that like we had like just threw some bees with the bus and made a bunch more bees and they were like oh no i didn't think that went through yeah <clears throat> yeah that was fun <laughs> beating tron man we beat a lot of people with bees we played against uh what else did we play against i just have a lot of screenshots i posted of like killing people with bees so many bees posting screenshots of killing people with jank is the best mm, really <clears throat> oh yeah is. like I, I had a screenshot of me killing miracles by attacking for lethal with a single coiling oracle. Oh, we played against ad not ad nauseum um against lantern, <laughs> and we like we archmage charmed their um their codex shredder. It's like, look at me, I'm the lantern deck now. <laughs> It's just like so funny. Yeah, we just like kept them off of anything relevant so they couldn't like bridge us and then we just killed them with like a fucking million bees. See <laughs> which I, I wanna think I, I would like to believe that I won a game against Mono Red Prison in Legacy by <clears throat> being in a steering bridge by playing Archon of Valor's Reach on Planeswalkers so they couldn't cast any planeswalkers. And then just building cards in hand until my one one elves can <laughs> do the thing. Yeah. Yeah, we were definitely like, well, we only ever have to cryptic bounce something to kill him with bees, so. <laughs> Even two bridges will not do it. Ah, oh, man. Field of the Dag versus Terminus decks is. It's just the simple pleasure. <laughs> bad, bad man, Charlie Brown. I think that about wraps us up, though, right? Before we divert too far down memory lane again, as we're on two hours here. We'll be back next month with uh, more sweet stories about Jank that we've played. 
don't worry they'll be jank you'll hear all about it it's to hold tight for a few weeks <laughs> but until then thank you for checking us out and sticking around until the very end if you're wondering where you can find more of our content in the meanwhile you can head on over to mtgconflux.com you can also find us on facebook and twitter under the same name you can check out our past video content including this podcast on the youtube page you can support us and join the mtg conflux community at patreon.com slash mtg conflux or by buying mtg conflux shirts and swag on redbubble.com you can check out links to those on our facebook and twitter pages if you have any suggestions or comments please reach out to us we'd love to read them and again we really do appreciate you sticking around and we hope they'll join us in the next one